Welcome back into hour three of RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. Shout out to that Nicki Minaj. Who's that? Nicki Minaj and Uzi? That's who's on that. That's from Peak Friday 2, the drop this past Friday. Um, Nicki is spitting on there. Reminder, she got bars. And there's some cuts on there. I'm not mad at it. Uh, towards the end, I started getting a little like, I don't know. But I really enjoyed the first part. That's of it. interesting that you say that because I'm the reverse. You're the reverse? It was too much singing for me in the beginning. Okay, I can see that. I can understand that. I was like, is she trying to go the pop route? I'm trying to hear bars. She always kind of sings. Yeah, you know. a little bit too much for me. Just too much. But, you know, the second half of the album, you know what I'm saying? She was coming with them bars, so. Shout out. Mark my words. I don't know what the next single is, but that should be the next single. Everybody? 100%. Okay, okay. I could I could already see the dance videos, the TikTok videos. Man, so much. Already. Right. Um, and who's that? What's that sample from? The Everybody sample? I can't remember the name of that song. Um, this is a big song, too. I'm blanking on it. Um, shout out to Fahima in the chat. She says... Fat Joe hosted the BET Awards in October and hails from the Boogie Down Bronx, the birthplace of hip-hop. Fat Joe is hip-hop. You know, he counts. I mean, listen, you know, it's interesting to me because I know there's been some conversation around, you know, rappers now coming out and evolving their stance from when they were younger. I mean, but that's what happens when you get old. You got to think about it. Most of these artists, when they drop, were in their early 20s, late teens. Do you still think the same way that you did then? Are there still certain things that you would widely do or recommend from your youth? Probably not. They got to grow up. Am I missing something with Fat Joe? I, I don't know. I think there was conversation about the Latinos not being oh. included in the celebrations and and so forth. I think. I, I caught some of it. It was The chat was moving fast. It was. It was. So, um, so let's get into this clip. This is, let me give you the setup. It was a kind of legacy performance on Arsenio Hall playing homage to hip hop. Featured, um, like I said, Grandmaster Flash, who we know is, you know, one of the early hip hop on wax pioneers, right? MC Light was there. Ice-T. I can't remember who else was on the show. But the topic did turn because DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, well, I don't think the Fresh Prince was there. I think it was just Jazzy. And he was on the um, ones and twos for the night. And somehow the topic came up about, I guess at the time, we would probably have called them commercial rappers. No sellout. Um, Even what EPMD had a song about that, too. Um, Crossover. Crossover, that was the name of the song about sellouts and stuff. I think it was just because it was the rebel, again, mirroring a lot of things that happened in the rock movement in the 70s and 80s. And so a lot of people were like, oh, the artists were just jealous of Hammer and things like that. I don't think it was just jealousy. I mean, I'm sure there were probably moments when they were like, oh, why didn't, you know, why is he on the cover of things? But I think they really believed in their hearts at the time that, you know, you're either this or that. And there's no in between because the genre was still so young and developing. But let's hear what Ice-T had to say. What Ice-T track in particular are you speaking of? Oh, uh, I can't name it right now. <laughs> uh, what is the name of this? 
It escapes me now. But what I'm trying to say here is like, all rap is not negative. What's so funny? You know, I mean, I, my, my whole thing is you got different kinds of music, right? So, you know, you take Jazzy Jeff and French Prince. You know, they do nice music, you know what I'm saying? And, 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 and they know that. But, but that's, that's my homeboys right there, right? But I mean, I look at them like, okay, like if that, if that right there is more like a Walt Disney type thing. Yeah, but wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. See what I'm saying? Wait, see what I'm saying? Because Walt Disney is nice and it's, cl and it's clean. Okay. All right? Now, and I'm Stephen King. But couldn't it be? Okay, cool. No, no, no. I'm not saying that in negative at all. I'm not oh. saying it negative. I'm just saying for, for every kind of kid, there's a type of music. And as a parent, you have to know how to counter what I do with maybe something that's more positive. Me and, me and um, Will always talk about, you know, the differences in our music. I'm not saying that that's I'm good and they're bad. What I'm saying is don't ask Stephen King to make a Walt Disney movie. Okay. So I think one... Shout out to Arsenio Hall, because you think about it, like I said, this conversation was happening on late night network TV 30 years ago. It's still a topic that we're discussing. So, you know, shout out to Arsenio for bringing and having these conversations at the forefront, you know, before we had podcasts and things of that nature to discuss it all with. Andy, you giving it up? Let's give it up for Arsenio. Classic, right? I think it's important that we do that because just listening to this clip, you could go ahead and say, I, I know it was late night TV or whatnot, but you know, you could say Arsenio was the, the original podcast. Yep. I mean, he broke a lot of artists at that time or whatnot. Of course he's a brother. I don't think we give him flowers like that. The entertainment industry. I, I mean, I think there was a period where, you know, where he came back and he had that show that was on one of the streamers. And I think people were heavy into Arsenio. And didn't he host one of the verses or something? Maybe I'm mixing it up with something else. I know I his like... show came back for yeah. a while, but it just wasn't It was. Same. I mean, it's hard because the thing that made Arsenio it's so dynamic at that time, not only just that he was funny, but... Hip-hop was coming into the national space at that time period. We know that there weren't a lot of outlets to see. It's not like now where you could go on Instagram any given day of the time, the week, and see what your favorite artist is up to and where they're at. Especially for hip-hop artists, there weren't a lot of places for you to see and hear their thoughts. Not just see them perform, but also hear a conversation with someone who understood a bit about where they came from and weren't going to speak to them as if they were ignorant or foreign, but just simply talk to them and allow them to share their thoughts and have conversations and things of that nature. You know, um, the conversation that started that from that show was basically about the music and hip hop was taking a lot of heat at that time period for its imagery. Now, some people, and I've seen this opinion quite a bit across social media, have stated that um, C. Dolores Tucker was right. If you don't know who C. Dolores Tucker was, she was a woman that came out against hip-hop very strongly. She had political ties, um, and, you know, she and Tupac dabbled a bit. He dissed her on his record. And people are like, we should have now, we should have listened to her. She was right. Hip-hop is the worst thing that's ever happened, and blah, 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 blah. 
I don't agree with that. But I also understand that when you are young, in that moment, you're not going, you want to be able to express yourself. And at that time period, the things that were happening around the world and what we were being introduced to and what we were coming out of, I feel like we needed a voice. And did everything that birthed from it, was everything great? Of course not. Nothing is. But I, you know, it's not right, but it's okay. That's that's the best thing, the way that I can put it, because hip-hop also encouraged a lot of independence within us and spurned a lot of things. You know, we can get on that for another time period. Um, Urban Spencer says, Nikki sampled Move Your Feet by Junior Senior. That's the name of it. Okay. Um, Forensic Accountant says, We don't give Joan Rivers her props. She was Arsenio Hall's predecessor, and it was she who gave him his break. Joan had hip-hop artists on. I loved Joan Rivers. I don't remember. She had hip-hop artists on. I remember her having Vanity on because that's when I discovered what um, Prince originally wanted to name her. And she did. She let Arsenio come in and sub that. So shout out to Joan for giving Arsenio the shot. I remember Arsenio Hall on Star Search. That's where I remember Arsenio Hall originally from. But look, the conversations that were had there were obviously important to hip hop. And Hammer's stance, I think... You understand it because they were really, really mean to Hammer, for lack of a better term. And I do think it impacted his career because people stopped taking him seriously at one point in time. So we have a phone call, one of my favorites. Hi, Fahima. Welcome in. How are you tonight? Greetings, Jill. I want to counter and say T. Dolores Tucker was wrong and Maxine Waters was right. Um... Uh, Carol Mosley Braun had a hearing um, pretty much denouncing uh, hip hop and Maxine Waters. Not only did she read in that hearing Snoop Dogg's lyrics, but she continued up until this day, young, gifted and black, which is uh, a series that she did at the Congressional Black Caucus every year with standing room only. I was a CBC fellow in 95 and there she had everyone there. I remember one year she had Andre Harrell. She's she had everyone there and she continues to maintain this perspective that these young people voices are important. They should not be silenced and they are articulating their life, their lived experiences. So shout out to Maxine Waters and uh, may um, see Dolores Tucker rest in peace, but she was wrong. Well, I listen, shout out to auntie Maxine all day. Every day was another View Park resident at one point in time, obviously right around the corner from us here at the KBLA studios. I think that, you know, it's a a difficult conversation to unpack because at the time we were just like, they don't understand, you know, they don't understand. I think that there was extreme viewpoints in it and a lack of communication as often happens over the youth and the ways that they try to express themselves because, you know, the older generation wants to preserve what was there and that was the way. And, you know, 
Gen X was breaking out with some things. Forensic accountant says two things can be true at the same time. Mrs. Tucker and Congresswoman Waters were right. Okay. Well, well let, let, me, let me say this. You know, with those of us who, uh, who have an analysis, who have, you know, been able to observe this thing from an, from an intellectual perspective, we call this respectable Negro politics. And mm -hmm. we had a conference at Howard um, that dealt with this issue where it was the prior generation who the previous subsequent generation, and, and I'm sorry to say they wanted to prove to white people that we and acceptance from them. And these young people, they didn't care. They weren't looking for acceptance from white people, you know, and they were going to speak their truth. And it is simply respectable Negro politics. Pull your pants up and tuck your shirt in and everything will be okay. That's right. Well, thank you for the call, Fahima. I, you know, again, it, it's a difficult conversation to unpack because hindsight is twenty twenty, and there were some things that you know were probably spot on, and some other things they were misguided in. What I do know, and I mentioned this a lot, what got tricky for me. Well, that's a conversation for another day. I will just say that, um, again, there were some of the things I felt C. Dolores Tucker was on point with, some of the things I wasn't quite sure about her motives. So that's, you know, kind of where we'll leave that as far as the hip-hop conversation. But shout out to Hammer. The world would love to give you your flowers. I remember when Clubhouse was big during the pandemic, I sat in on a room and he came in and that's how I actually found out how heavy he was in the VC space and was pretty shocked. And, you know, people were kind of giving him them, his flowers, but I really would love to see him perform or someone else do a tribute. To, I mean, who could you get to do a hammer tribute? Do you want to see like, cause it has to be a rapper, right? Because really the first people you're going to come to mind with is Chris Brown or Usher, and that doesn't really fit. Maybe Offset could pop lock. You know, he's a dancer. I could see Offset giving us a good Hammer tribute, but I don't like it. And in my mind, it would make sense because Migos made, I guess, um, you know, music that was enjoyable, not clean, but, you know, enjoyable that you could still party to. So, I don't know. That's a thought, though. I would love to figure that out. Okay, so listen, I told you that we would have a Diddy update. So, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into Tommy and Tamar and their social media battle over Tamar's man. I don't think you're supposed to get into social media heat over your man because that's your man but that's just me when we come forward we'll get into that and more you're locked into rsvp with jill monroe here on kbla talk 1580 you are locked into rsvp with jill monroe here on kbla talk 1580 so i owe you a diddy update a little bit a little bit we know we know all of the lawsuits that have come out since, um, what was that, Thanksgiving, the day before Thanksgiving? Cassie started before that, but, you know, they've rolled in every week since then. But Diddy launched a 
maybe a year or two years ago, an e-commerce platform and company where he said he wanted to highlight black businesses and showcase brands that were, you know, maybe not getting the love from mainstream and, and bring them to the people. Well, so far, 18 businesses have terminated their relationship with his e-commerce company. We already know what happened with Revolt and various other things. Do you guys think that um, it's over for Diddy? It's quiet? Do you think that his career will be able to recover from this? I mean, we're in America. Everybody loves a comeback. But I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it's, mm, it's looking pretty dark. And, and perhaps it should be. I'm just saying. Doesn't seem like there's a lot of light right now for Diddy. Yeah, I agree with you. It's not looking good at all. For brother Diddy, brother love, <laughs> brother love. Me. Well, he didn't use love when he said he was fighting back on that letter. He left that off. So, uh, you know, love might have left the building. And you know what's funny? Um, when he posted that little com that little thing on uh, Instagram, where he was talking about how he's gonna, you know, clean his name up or whatnot. You know, I always like to go to the comment section, and um, not that it means anything, but I do, I, I do think that it does mean something. But somebody commented that when he signed his name at the end, mm -hmm. it said Sean Diddy Combs. Mm -hmm. And somebody basically, he, he basically was insinuating like it just sounded just all the way unprofessional. You should have just kept the Sean Combs as opposed to Sean Diddy Combs. I, so I get that. But at the same time, what is everybody saying? Diddy, Diddy, Diddy's in this, Diddy in that. I mean... It took us 15 years to stop calling him Puff and to lock in on Diddy. And we have to think, why did he start calling himself Diddy? Because of the negativity attached to the name Puff Daddy after the shooting with Shine and Jennifer Lopez. That's why he stopped using Puff as his name. That's what happened, right? So we kind of saw that again because he, he knew what was going on behind the scenes and the negotiations that were happening when he got on this love movement. That's what I've been saying. So it makes sense. Let me change my name right now. Let me be all about love because I know what's coming. And, you know, I, I do, I mean, because obviously Cassie's lawyers alluded to the fact that they had been, you know, in conversations and initially could not reach an agreement. Speaking of those lawyers, right, they are also the same lawyers for the lawsuit that came up between that included Harv Pierre and the alleged victim said she was 17 at the time. They have petitioned the court to keep her name anonymous. They said that the media attention of this case would undoubtedly create a chilling effect on the plaintiff's future. And in similar circumstances, should Miss Doe be forced to disclose her identity? Um, so I kind of wonder, I understand it, but is that fair? You are accusing someone of a crime from 30 years ago where you're not just accusing them of assault. You're also accusing that they, you know, transported you. You're underage. 
I, I'm all for protecting victims. I'm not saying that she should be outed, but I do think that it will raise some questions for people if her identity is kept a secret with these type of allegations that she is putting out there. But again, it's a civil trial, not a criminal trial. So we'll have to see what takes place. <clears throat> so let's talk about Tommy and Tamar Braxton. I do not think at a certain point it's kind of appropriate to be beefing with another woman over your man on social media. First of all, these men are going to embarrass you, right? That's just it. They are going to embarrass you. So why put yourself up for the firing squad, girlfriend, girlfriend? So the two have been beefing ever since the Tamar Love and War concert when Krishan Rock stepped out on stage and all of that happened and Tommy dropped in her two cents. She felt like Tamar was clout chasing, right? And so, look, we're going to get into the words that were said within reason because, you know, there was some profanity. So I'm just going to share. But we're going to get into that on the other side. I just think that ladies got to be ladies sometimes even if we're not being ladies this man ain't worth all this drama on social media but we're going to get into that on the other side you of course are locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580 News and Sports up next listen that was a vibe but let me just explain. Okay. And the polka dot era, I certainly was rocking my polka dots. Shout out to Sleepy Eye Kwame. He, like, became a, pro- like, a real producer. After- he was a producer then. Let me, I'm not, not what I'm implying. But, like, later on, later in life, produced some hits for some people. Um, You know, so shout out to Kwame. Okay, okay, Andy, where'd that come from? We just, we going back to the 8889 sticking on theme? I don't know what inspired me, uh, probably from the first hour or whatnot. And I was just like, hmm, Kwame, only you. Let me go ahead and play that sometime that, later. You know, that was a vibe. I, shout out to Kwame. You, hey, who has sampled that song? It's been sampled? Because, like I said, I feel like... My problem with a lot of the modern artists is they go for the same songs. They pick up the same songs to redo. And that is part of, too, why we talk about the redundancy. With Not that we didn't do that in the early era of hip-hop, but it was brand new then. I mean, that was a legitimate hit. I feel like there are songs that are legitimate hits that have cool beats that could be incorporated into something for a new track, right? And yet we still are going, I feel like, with the same, you know, couple of samples over and over again. Like even when you think about Lotto's fantasy, right, which sampled Mariah's fantasy where they used a sample of Genius of Love by the Tom Tom Club. Like how are you going to sample the sample? I don't know. It can happen. I'm not saying I dislike all of that. I'm just pointing that out real quick with that um look 
forensic accountant, you were heavy in the game back in the day. I already know. Shame on the girl at merry-go-round who tried to sell me a polka dot outfit back in the day. She was trying to get you lit, buddy. She was trying to get you right. What are you saying? That was the thing. Throw on some polka dots and a side slope Gumby. You would have had all the girls. I suppose you're going to say you did. But I'm just saying you would have had even more. That's just my thoughts on it. All right. Tommy Lee and Tamar Braxton. I'm telling you, I don't think it is healthy to have these social media beefs, especially over your man on you know, out in the open. Because one, you inviting us all into the group chat. And really, you guys don't want us in the group chat. You don't want us adding our commentary. But, however, this is what happened. So Tamar recently threw some shots at Tommy and was like, I know y'all lying if y'all thought I was going to let my man go because he took some crackhead to a basketball game. Right? Because her guy, JR, and Tommy... You know, they went to Atlanta Hawks game courtside. But Tommy, you know, she's not a punk. She clapped back. Miss Braxton, cut it out. I hurt your feelings, my love. I'm too grown and I don't get high off internet drama. <coughs> Excuse me. Yet here they are. It doesn't make a red sense. So I'll leave it at this, right? And she posted a thirst trap video and DMs from JR with her woman. You ladies, I think Tommy is in her 30s. Tamar's in her early 40s. Do you really want to be on the internet beefing over a man that has like five other children? And Tamar, he just embarrassed you online. Tommy even released a recording where she was secretly recording him, which right there says, hey, you probably didn't have the best intent with this situation anyway where he was saying that Tamar begged him to come back and all of these things. You know, he's pillow talking. Because you got to think, he was in relatively obscurity until last March when the Queens of Court reality show came out. And, you know, now he's a social media celebrity, essentially. And he's getting all of this attention. I just want us ladies, especially ones that, you know, have transitioned to a certain era of life, to let that go. It, it It's not serving you. And ultimately, Tamar, you, I should not say this. I'm not going to say that you probably won't end up with that guy because you guys got engaged really fast off of a reality show and already broke up and he's already spilling your secrets to the next chick. Did he not learn anything? Did you not give him the course? You know, I mean, it was a lot happening, a lot of, you know, inappropriate things. Tommy says she didn't have sex with him. She said he just came over and, um, I, and nibbled some things, basically. That's what she said. Okay. Well, Jeremy Robinson, JR, that's his name. He took accountability for what he did. He posted on Instagram and said, as a man, I stand on being accountable. I never should have gone out with that lady. I never should have had conversations with her. I regret all of it. I should have never done that to Tamar. She is an amazing woman. I did some dumb stuff while I was single. I love her and I'm glad I have my woman back. This too 
shall pass, and I'll spend the rest of my life protecting my queen. Okay. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say on that. Just... Okay, but I really do think that social media has some of us in a trick bag and we got to let it go if we want any hopes of having successful relationships because that is a lot. That is a mess. Speaking of people wanting to set the record straight on social media, last week, Tracy Edmonds released a statement, she and Dion, that they had broken up, parted ways, right? But I guess the social activity started getting to her. We talked about this, that there was conversation that Tracy had wasted the last 9, 11 years of her life by being with him when it doesn't end up in marriage. And, you know, I have my thoughts on that. But Tracy wanted to clarify some things for the world. She said, I want to clarify that it was my decision to end the relationship, despite any different narratives being presented. I've chosen to prioritize myself and my family moving forward and towards a future where I am valued, treated with honesty, and free to embrace the happiness and respect I deserve. Um, the tone of that is slightly different. That's all I'm going to say to that. It's slightly different, Tracy. I believe you. I'm not saying that what you're saying is not true because... There's no reason for you to make that up. But the tone is different. What happened to we're friends and, you know, we're always going to be there for each other's lives. Now there are, I want to be respected and supported in a proper way. I don't know. Like I told y'all, though, word on the street, because, you know, the streets are talking, is that Dion has a new boo and that she's a little younger and... You know, we'll see. So we will see what comes of it. But shout out to Tracy for straightening, straightening, excuse me, up the record so that you guys basically don't have her messed up. Because that's basically what she was saying. Y'all got me messed up. Stop playing on my good name. That's not how we're going out. <laughs> okay. Okay. So let's see what's going on in the chat. Um... Oh, there's lots of girls. Sorry, Persuasion Girls. I'm not sure what's going on in the chat a lot. I implore you, if you ever have time, go check out the YouTube chat because there is a whole other conversation that takes place there and they are really into it. Really quick, jumping back to the Nicki Minaj album, I have to say that one of my favorites right off of the bat was Barbie Dangerous. And I feel like that's because I really love what it's sampled from. Armed and Dangerous, Notorious, I mean, Notorious Thugs, which was Biggie and Bone Thugs and Harmony. That was a jam. So I appreciate Nikki coming off with that. I am curious because I heard some, who was it? Charlemagne the God was talking about the album was really good, but he questions the lack of rollout for her with her label. And so though there's been some, I mean, she definitely had the Gag City, the different um, collaborations with different, you know, venues and things like that. But I do think it was a little softer. And one has to wonder if that is because Nikki has sort of fallen out of favor. There's new rap girlies. There's a lot of different rap girlies around. 
And though they may not have the pin game or the bars that Nikki has, they certainly are bringing something to the table. And that's a topic we're going to get into a little bit probably tomorrow because Nikki had some thoughts about what the labels are doing with these new rap girlies and how they're not succeeding. But that is for them. So here's the thing, you guys. If you have a favorite Nicki Minaj song of Pink Friday, let me know. I would like to know um, because the rap game is heating up for ladies. What I will say is notice, where's Meg? I told you. See, here's the problem, though, with dropping music that is, I guess, more substantial in topic, not so, you know, just braggadocious party or whatever. People listen once and they move on because nobody's talking about Cobra, are they? Not at all. Speaking of that, right? Okay, when we come forward, we're going to get into... um. Party's comments, that's Meg's ex-boyfriend, that she discussed in Cobra, said he cheated on her in her bed. He had some commentary about that. He's doing his interview tour, too. All of that and more, you're locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe on KBLA Talk 1580. You are locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. First of all, shout out to Forensic Accountant because he has had all the jokes tonight. He said that when I said Cobra, he thought about health insurance. He said, how old am I? He really did that. Listen, I understand. I remember Cobra. (laughs) When you're leaving a job and they're like, hey, do you want to keep your health insurance? You can if you want to pay for it your own. And it was like at the time, the last time I remember this coming up, it was like, like, $800 a month. I was like, "Ah, but if I don't have a job, how am I going to pay for this? Like they'll pay for it for you for like two or three months and then out of there. At any rate, Party appeared on Angela Yee's podcast, Lip Service, where they talk about adult things and adult activities. And he shared that Megan saying that he cheated on her in her bed. Not true, according to him. And when he revealed what he did do, he doesn't believe that it's cheating. So we're going to listen to what he said. And then I want to talk a little bit about that and see if you guys have any response. Because 50-50 depends. We'll get into it. Let's hear what he said. Everything. Because on the Cobra song, she talked about you, um, (laughs) you know, in the same bed that she sleeps in. Right. So you said it wasn't there. So what did happen? Did that's, you cheat? That's not what happened. Put it like that. That's not what happened at all. Um, what's cheating? No, no, no. Don't let, do let, that. No, 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 no. Please, 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 please. Because, <laughs> Don't you but, do that. No, no, no. Because I really need to go there. I really, really, really do. Did you get but your I'm not by deflecting. somebody I'm not else? Deflecting it, did she catch you getting your up? Absolutely not. Okay. Absolutely not. Did you have sex or be or you intimate with somebody else while y'all, while y'all were in, in a relationship? relationship? Absolutely not. You're saying you didn't cheat. Absolutely. But this is my thing, right? Okay. Is, is hiding text messages cheating from your partner? Is that cheating? Well, what are these text messages? Well, I feel if like... If it's something that you got to hide from your partner, is it cheating? Right. And that's what I was going to say. I feel like anything... And I've, I've answered this plenty of times. I feel like anything that you are doing that you would not do in front of your significant other 
I feel like that's a form of cheating. Or rather anything you don't want her doing. Right. Rather it's be, emotionally, you know. physically, <clears throat> intellectually, if it's something that you're not going to do right in front of your partner or something that you wouldn't accept your partner doing from you, then yes, that's cheating. Yeah, that's just my thought. So did you cheat? In that regard, I, 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 I say so. Okay. You know what I mean? So but maybe it was inappropriate stuff but you I did. Say in, inappropriate, inappropriate, correct, right? Okay. The inappropriate, correct, but the way that it was painted that would have me so mad, I'm like... This is the part of the relationship after everything that took place, everything that was like kind of, you know, forgiving everything that we've washed away, especially when nobody asked for this. This is what you want to go with. So here's my thing. I'm kind of with party and I'm kind of with the ladies. Um, if you're having text exchanges, conversations that you can't tell your significant other about, probably a red flag but i don't know if i would necessarily call it cheating and i know what emotional affairs are right and that's something too very real but i don't know i like a conversation that you maybe wouldn't have in front of your significant other it could be like a flirty joke, right? Which is no big deal, something offhanded. But maybe depending upon if you're insecure, if you're one of those people that's like, mm -mm, no conversations with my man, no, no nothing, then yeah, it, it, it's going to be a thing. So I, I, but I will say this, I find it hard pressed to believe that Megan was just that upset over text messages. But perhaps, Perhaps, you know, I mean, those things can happen, but, um, party, you know, that being emotionally involved with someone and I'm going to assume, you know, it might've just been a physical thing, whatever was going on with this person, but any type of pillow talking is going to be in violation. It probably would not make you happy if you discovered that she was having those type of talks with other people. So, you know, you were just feeling intimidated because she was the bigger star or something like that. I don't know. But Party is on a tour. He will be on the Horrible Decisions podcast. That one is dropping, I believe, tomorrow. So, you know, if there are more further details, of course, we will let you know. Listen, VIPs, thank you for checking in. As always, we appreciate it. I have interviews coming up. Are you married to medicine fans? Because I have t interviews coming up with Sweet Tea, you know, that is the newest cast member, Letitia Lunsford, and also Dr. Simone. And as I mentioned, um, later in the week, interviews with Fantasia, Taraji, and Danielle Brooks from The Color Purple, and something else that I'm missing in between there. Maybe American fiction? Yeah, I think so. So we are in for a packed week. Thank you for rocking with us as always. I hope that you are on your way to an even more amazing, amazing, amazing night. <laughs> and um, you are clocked back in here tomorrow at 9 p.m. Pacific time for RSVP with Jill Monroe on KBLA Talk 1580. On the other side, the best of KBLA. Have a